Welcome to Tactical Recon, the place where we find kingdom-building strategies through scholarship, leadership, and action. And here's your host. Today is Friday, July 30th, in the year of our Lord's Dominion, 2021. I'm Elder Paul Coviello. Uh, sitting with me is my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Paul Michael Raymond. Pastor, last time we laid out the theological presuppositions that should undergird Christian action. And I'll hasten to add that the underpinning of your ministry this past 30 years is that theology cannot be merely philosophical or academic. Christianity is an experimental religion. The doctrines, the principles that, def- that, that we glean from Scripture must be applied. They must be lived. And so now we're going to drill down from the theological presuppositions we talked about last time to the nuts and bolts. What do we do? How do we handle Monday morning, as he'd mentioned in our last podcast? Well, as you said, Christianity cannot be lived in a pietistic vacuum. It has to go out into the world to make a change. And for the most part, you know if your Christianity is potent by the change it makes in your community. So what we want to accomplish today is to deal with specifics, concrete strategies and tactics. And the only the only way I could explain it is what we try to do here and what others are doing in their community. But before we go into that nut and bolt, we want to make sure we understand that all of what we're doing and what we've done and what hopefully others will do takes time. It requires patience. It requires stick-to-itiveness. Gary North said once, you stick to your knitting and you don't give up until the sweater is finished. We have to do that and think generationally, of course. We want to see some progress along the way, of course, uh, but that is sometimes very incrementally small. But nevertheless, we know if we're doing God's work and we're tweaking as we go, it will bring fruit. So we have to remember that this takes time. But I want to give a warning before we go into the nuts and bolts, because I know a lot of people who are very passionate, who want to get started, they don't understand that the season in which they live may not warrant them getting involved in the community. For instance, families with young children, toddlers, sometimes families, and I think we discussed this before, say, well, I'm going to go save the world. And then they leave their wife or their children uh, to others or not to be taken care of as they ought. You've got to begin with the family. So we we want to make sure that if you don't have the time and or if you're taking away time from your duties as a father or as a mother, do not seek to change the community. You've got to deal with your family first. Once your family's in order, then even when they're young, you can take them with you to show them by example how you're interfacing with the community, with the people in the community, with the businesses, with the with the magistrates, with the sheriff. But when they're very young and you're inundated with raising them at the early stages of your life, that is not your season to get involved in the community. So when it is your season, you have to remember then also that your involvement takes time. However, you can do this throughout your day as you interface with businesses, with the local coffee shop, the local businessman here, the local businessman there. You are beginning to take an assessment of how people think. That's the first thing, analysis. We analyze 
the community around us. You are on a sort of a reconnaissance mission to recognize who's saying what, what are they thinking. You're not there to preach. You're not even there to give the gospel. You want to establish yourself as someone who has answers to community problems, to questions, cultural questions, but you cannot do that until you hear what they have to say. People do not want to hear what you have to say unless they believe you are willing to hear what they have to say. But too often we come out with a big head of steam and we're reproving everyone because we think we're the judges of the earth. Now, while we are the judges of the earth in a very real way, you have to first analyze and become friendly and interactive with people in your community. Now, that takes time. It's not after one week that you start then to preach the gospel and you don't stand on the street corner unless the people are ready to receive that message. And I don't think that's in a local community setting. I'm not so sure that's the right way to begin anyway. Way. Maybe maybe there are communities where that is. When you're in a big city and you need to proclaim something very, uh, very dramatic, maybe that's the case. But in a small community, which is what we live in here and which is what I believe we should begin with, go to a small community. You're not going to go to New York City and try to change the people there. I think that's, that's a worthless task. But here in a small community, you have the opportunity to interact with people on a one-on-one. And that takes time. Again, Patience is required. Secondly, you have to have a goal. What is your goal? Is your goal just simply to tell them what you think they should know, what the Bible says? And you need to be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl of the book. And what that means is you have to be a person of Scripture. You have to understand what the Scriptures say before you can weigh in on what the remedies are for your local community, whether it's in the economic realm, the the politics, the policies, the taxes, or whatever. You need to be very skilled in clearly delineating what the scripture says, perhaps without even saying, thus saith the Lord. Now, there's a time for that, but we have to first begin by hearing what others are saying. Know what they're saying, know where they're coming from, and then begin your plan of education, your plan of educating. But it takes some time. That's the first step. So what we want to do is then find out by talking with people, going to public meetings, for instance, supervisory board meetings, school board meetings. You have in a community, you have in a county, you have all of these different zoning committees, library committees, um, building committees. You want to have your knowledge very much within those areas to know what they're talking about, but you can't do it alone. So the first step is build a team. You need a team. Now, you can do it on your own, but it's wearing. And perhaps you can start by doing it alone. But maybe there's one or two in your church or in your community that's also interested in doing these things. Then you have to find those people and then trade off. You'll go to this meeting. I'll go to that meeting. We'll make notes. We'll keep a journal. These are the tactics that you begin with. You may want to even host a night with coffee and donuts. Everybody loves coffee and donuts. Or have pizza and put an ad in the paper. We're talking about taxation in the community. Come to my house. Let's talk about the uh, the overreach of the county supervisors. Or uh, let's let's go visit the sheriff's department together and get to know the sheriff and, and bring them coffee and donuts. Make yourself accessible. Make yourself conspicuous, be visible, and begin to gather intel. Then you could begin 
to know what you have to deal with. That's the first step. Those are the first few steps that you have to uh, accomplish before you can make any real changes. I want to repeat something you said because I think it's very, very critical. There are seasons of life during which one must focus inwardly and not outwardly. You've mentioned young families with young children. And I think there's something critical behind this. Every Christian must realize that the work that we are doing is not our work for us, for our primary benefit. We are Christians. We are here to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We are part of the church filled with people who have capabilities, who have the means to go out. So it's not us doing our work our way that we must do now. And so not only do we have to have patience, but we have to recognize it's not about us and that we are part of a much bigger work. And this becomes critically important because as you correctly pointed out, there are many, many areas in a community in which we can become involved and in, 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 in about which we can go establish ourselves. When we engage in any one aspect of a community culture, its ethical and institutional framework, we must recognize that that's not the same calling that other people in the church have, that they are doing work in other areas, and that in concert, we bring about the Christianization of the communities that we live in. And you said something very critical too. Uh, you said something critically important as we go forth. We are going out on a reconnaissance mission. We cannot go out spouting scripture to people who do not know us. It rings hollow. We need to ingratiate ourselves to people. The Apostle Paul famously said, uh, scratch that, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians that he would ingratiate himself to everybody with whom he came into contact. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew. To the Greeks, I became as a Greek. I made all things to all men. I'm paraphrasing. We must ingratiate ourselves to people in order for them to be willing to see us, get to know us, and test us. We're being watched. Our testimony in the community as we establish it by the way we interact with these people will begin to give us the means or will establish us as sober-minded men who have the answers. And then, as you pointed out, with all the areas of work that one can do in a community, it should be very easy to find something of particular concern or interest. It may be tripped off by a current issue or, or event. Uh, somebody like me who's in construction can look to planning and development. How do we get these particular areas of interest or concern to us focused Christward? If I were to get on a planning committee, for example, they're considering eminent domain for uses in different parts of the community. So how do we apply the scriptures with regard to eminent domain? And how do we get people to start thinking past the accepted paradigm that eminent domain is legal and therefore acceptable, for example, and get them to start thinking biblically and now start to transform the way a community thinks about planning? And that's just one example, Pastor. But you're correct to point out, first, we get ourselves established. First, we rec we are seen and recognized by the people in our communities as sober-minded men, people who understand and know how to address the issues, who have the answers, and who is willing to work to bring about the changes that we're talking about and not merely preaching and condemning the people around us. All right, everything should be educational. So let's, let's think about who are we to identify? What are the institutions of a local community that we are to identify? and get involved with, or at least have some sort of understanding of what they're all about. Well, you might think about the education arena, and that is a very hot topic today. What about the school board? Do you, we know what's going on in the school board? Go to the meeting, write letters to the school board, encourage them when they do well, 
chastise them when they do not. What about your local board of supervisors, the policymakers, the legislative branch of the county? Go to the meetings, figure out what's going on. Go to their, go not only to the board meetings, go to their, their workshops, some of their workshops. And this takes time. It takes effort. Keep journals, keep writing things down, identify problems, seek for solutions. What about the local law enforcement folk. Now, if you have the local sheriff, he's the executive officer of the county, his deputies, get in touch with him, get to know him, get a some sort of a relationship with him, his deputies as well. If you have the state police, that's a little bit tougher because they move around. You don't really have any community involvement, but still you deal with the sheriff. What about the judges? Perhaps you can get to know some of the judges. You can do that through the local county administrator, not the county administrator. The um, You can get to know the judges through the local Commonwealth attorney. You should know also the county administrator because that's part of the policymaking and the law enforcement arena. Get to know these people. Know the secretaries. This is important. For instance, you go to the, the court, know the, the, the court officers, know the secretaries, get to know them, get to be friendly with them. At Christmas time, bring them cookies, bring them flowers. Just say, hey, really appreciate your work here. You know, we're part of this church here, whatever. Get to know them. Figure out who's the shaker and the mover in the business community. They're interested in the economic opportunities of the county. Get to know them. Get to know the editor of the newspaper. Get to know the professionals, the doctors, the lawyers in the community. Make sure that that you have some sort of an idea of what's going on. Identify the people who are involved in the underground work of the community. Start to run candidates. Find out who the candidates are vet them, talk to them, see if maybe they're on board. Maybe you can support them. Maybe you don't want to support them. And maybe you'll write a letter to the editor against them and tell them why. These are the ways to get involved in your community. Be someone who the community knows that you are actively involved. You are out there for the good of the community and they will begin to then trust you. You've got to build that trust. You just can't go in and, and, and start preaching, like you said. Get involved with the historical associations, uh, the, the the postmaster, know the postmaster, know the, know the women behind uh, the post office counter. Find if there's a ministerial association where the clergy meet. Visit them, even as a layperson. Visit them. Find out what they talk about. Make suggestions. Get on certain boards that are out there. Be involved. Don't hide out in your own home or in the church. Get involved. If you really want to be active and you really want to be influential, you've got to get out there. Start a newspaper. Start a newsletter. Do something that will be of educational benefit. Of course, we have social media too. We have local social media websites and social media Facebook pages. Get on those. Monitor them. You don't have to be involved in talking or debating. Monitor those things. Get a feel of your community so you know how to deal with them. That's the first step. Get the intel and then you will be involved actively. But first, you have to be involved very much in, in, a, on the, in the back seat, clandestinely, and then you can move forward. What you want, here's your goal. You want to walk into a business and you want them to ask you, hey, what do you think about this going on in the community? What do you think about that? Hey, what, do you, what, are, your, what are your views on the other thing? Get to that point and you have reached part of your goal. To our listening audience, Pastor, I want to say, please rewind 
take notes, write these things down, because, Pastor, you just gave the blueprint for the action that we are encouraging our audience to take in their communities. You said something at the outset that I want to repeat. It is different for people in smaller communities than it is for people in large cities or urban areas. That is certainly true. But what we've said before bears repeating here in this context. We are not building for our time and our day. In much larger areas and urban settings, one's impact is going to be smaller at the first. But recognize and understand that when we start involving ourselves in the community, we are taking Christianity and we are placing it in the community and building outward. As people are Christianized and people are coming into covenant relationship with Christ by way of salvation, they too will take up the work. And as more and more people are are born anew and, and, and take up that covenant relationship with Christ, they too go forth. And so over generations, even in large urban areas, the impact is tremendous. One must be patient and one must be willing to work with an eye to, to building for the future, with an, with an understanding that I will not see the fruit in my time though praying that it might be so, because our care and our concern must be for the people in our communities, for the spiritual welfare and well-being of the communities we seek to serve. And now in that regard, you'd mentioned the, the different skills that, that, that people in the church have in different um, occupations. Every church has a bundle of latent energy that can be explosive if it is employed. But there's something that recognizes we go forth as we are ingratiating ourselves to people, we cannot go forth with a very stern and rigid idea about what we will tolerate and what we will accept and how we will interact with these people. We are going forth to people who, in many cases, are outside the church, have no interest or regard for the truth of God, and so we cannot go forth with this rigid, pharisaical notion of purity and so create a barrier that prevents us from doing the work. We got to recognize and understand we're rubbing elbows with sinners and we have to accept the fact that these people are rough cut, they're off color, they're crude, they don't understand scripture, and we have to be able to move them in that direction within boundaries. We don't compromise our fidelity to Christ. And now we also have to understand as we go forth, we are going to hit walls. You mentioned a number of different opportunities that exist in a community. We may endeavor to get into one of those areas, take up work in a specific arena, only to find that we cannot make an impact. And at that point, step back, adjust course, move in another direction, choose another avenue. Because as you pointed out, Pastor, there are many, many places where we can roll up our sleeves, get down to work, and make an impact. We have to learn also how to ignite conversation. You know, what are the hot buttons? How do you ignite conversation? Just could just say something and they, they just go off and then they tell you what they really are thinking. And that's, that's important. That's important too. One, one other point I, I'd like to make, you need to learn how to promote yourself. And now that sounds, that sounds kind of self-seeking. And there's a book called 101 Ways to Promote Yourself. It's got 101 different ways that you can get into your community to make yourself Observable, conspicuous, 
out there. You're, 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 you're out there as uh, someone who's available. You make yourself available. And you don't have to be the mayor of a county or the mayor of a town to act as a mayor or to have people look at you as the mayor to say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And that's important. So that, that takes time and it, it takes effort and it takes, it takes years. It takes years. So we want to make sure that uh, we're, we're available. The other thing I want to mention about these books, 101 Ways to Promote Yourself, is that we need to start studying the history of the Reformation, studying what, what did Calvin do in Geneva? How did he get the Geneva City Fathers to incorporate his institutes as the operating document for their community, for their city? How did he do that? Why can't we do that? What Shouldn't we have that as a goal? How did he get the city fathers to, to look to Calvin as the man who would solve their problems of the community? We need to be that man. And that takes time. Okay, so we look to these books and we, we learn. Here's what Calvin did. Here's what Thorell did. Here's what what Vire did or, or Knox in, in Scotland or whoever. We learn from those men and we see if those things can be put into our community and if they will bring fruit. But we also need to read other books, not necessarily the history of the Reformation, how that worked, what the Puritans did, what Calvin did, but we need to read books on how to uh, be productive in a community, how to be an activist in your community. And these aren't necessarily Christian books, but the strategies are there as well. And you can then use those strategies and overlay it with the biblical goal, and they might yield some productivity, some some fruit. So we should be studying. We should be reading. We should be people of books. And we need to then read books for a particular purpose. What can I learn from this history? How can I now adopt what they did here, here, or here, and bring it into my community and test it out? Our community is a Petri dish. It's an experimental project. We've not gone this way before. This is a new period of, of history. And yet, can we use the examples of the history before us? I believe we can. And I believe that's how we need to begin our approach in strategies and tactics by using the things that have been working throughout the years. To state that another way, I would say we need to turn off the TV, get off social media, log out of Amazon and start working. And you're right. Reading these books is a part of that work that we must undertake. And I can tell you for somebody like me in field sales, I've got a lot of windshield time. Audiobooks are perfect. Instead of listening to Sean Hannity or some conservative talk show host, take in some of these books that can, can give us the tools we need to start going forward. You said something that as a guy in sales has to live with day by day. It is important to be conspicuous. It's important to be visible. And I can tell you, at least from my experience, getting involved in a particular a vocation or, or area of work in the community is critical. There are people already doing the work. And as you know, Pastor, there are very few who will jump in and join them. Everybody likes to watch from the sidelines or push forward the one person who has said, I will do it. And so anyone who is willing to go to work already has an in. Because now the burden borne by the few who step forward, we can then help them take and as they're wrestling with issues that 
they can answer, we're already there. We're a part of the group. And they are willing to hear us at some point because we've stepped forward. We've demonstrated we're there. And I will say they're consistently. And we are helping them along. And that gets us noticed. That makes us conspicuous. That makes us visible. We should be positioning ourselves to be culturally interactive. So people know that if you want to be culturally interactive, if you want to make a dent in the culture, whether it's politically, economically, or what have you, here's where you go. We read our books so that we learn how to be culturally interactive. And then we put the book down and we bring it into the real world and apply it to see if it gets any traction. That is what action is really all about. Christianity, Pastor, is a religion that is lived. It's lived outside the family. It's lived outside the church. And we do it on the basis of the divine and ultimate authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the promise we have from him is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We have absolute security. There is no one and nothing that can threaten the eternal security of the people of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can go forth with confidence, with boldness, militant, unyielding, and as the Apostle Peter, when confronted, declare plainly, we're going to obey God and not you. And again, let me repeat, the end of Reformation is not in contemplation, but in action. Amen, Pastor. Before we close, Pastor, I've said before, you are uniquely positioned in our time because of your ministry, your approach to the teaching of the Bible throughout the 30-year period that you've been a pastor. And as dean of the New Geneva Academy, you take a very unique approach to how you prepare the generation that is following us, an approach that calls your students, the generation who will take our work after us, to push them to action, to see what they're doing in terms of the impact they can make when they come of age and when they go into their communities. The way Geneva works is very different from the typical Bible college or the typical university. The first question we ask our students, and by the way, half of our student body is comprised of older men and women who are recognizing the value of education. In other continents and countries. Yeah, yeah, it is an international ministry. But the first question that we ask our students is, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What's your goal? What is it at the end? Because what we do is we start at the end and work backwards. We don't say, well, you know, in order to get a degree, you need to do all of these prerequisites. We want to know where you want to be. And then we craft the curriculum to the student rather than having the student be subjected to our curriculum and our what we need for them to do. So it's all about the student. The difference here is is not just academics. We don't want the student to just regurgitate back to us what they've learned in the course. We know what they learned in the course because we crafted the course. We know what lectures they studied. We know what books they've read. We know all of these things. We ask them, now, how are you going to apply it? How are you going to fix that issue that was raised in the course? So they're using the tools of their academics to craft a strategy, a tactical, concrete strategy in order to change some aspect of culture or to address biblically some aspect of culture so that when they get out of the the college environment, they're already 
proactive in how they're going to fix things of the culture. This is the goal of education. It's application in the real world, not just an academic or a theological head scratching. And that's the goal of Geneva. It's very unique. I would hope that it wasn't unique. I would pray that everyone was thinking along these lines, but we want to see them craft policies to change certain cultural issues from their thesis at the end of each course. That is a natural extension of what we had just discussed and something I know you're going to develop more fully in an upcoming podcast. We thank you for joining us. We pray that it was edifying. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. The Tactical Recon Podcast was brought to you by New Geneva Christian Leadership Academy and the Institute for Theonomic Reformation. To learn more, please visit our website at www.tacticalrecon.org.